The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message from Pastor Chris May. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Through VBS, there's been a, a lot of talk about superheroes and seeing some of the leaders and the children dressed up of their favorite superhero has really brought with it to me a sense of nostalgia. And I was thinking back to when I was a child and my love for superheroes. How many just loved them some superheroes growing up? I loved Saturday morning cartoons. I loved the movies with superheroes in them. It was awesome. As a matter of fact, I used to, I used to like to dress up myself as my favorite Superman. Any Superman fans in here? Matter of fact, when I was really young, when I was about, I don't know, uh, maybe four or five years old, I, I had these things called underoos. How many had underoos? Let's be honest. We're real here. And I had Superman underoos. And I had a little t-shirt to go with it, with the emblem on it. And I used to run around my yard. You can't do that these days because people are crazy. And, uh, but I would run around in my yard in my underoos. And I, I couldn't wait to show everybody my Superman underoos. Matter of fact, one time... We were in a dinner. And I said, hey, Papa, you want to see my underoos? And I just pulled my pants down. It was awkward because I was 16. But, uh, but, I, but I loved Superman growing up. And, and, you know, one of the traits that I've always loved about Superman and many of the other heroes is their willingness to help those who cannot help themselves. Whether it's swooping in at just the right time to, to save a crashing airplane or a derailing train, or a bus that's, school bus that's submerged in water. I love it when Superman would just show up. He's never late, is he? He's just right on time. And it would save everyday ordinary people. But to be sure this morning, I'm not here to talk about Superman. I'm here to talk about somebody much greater. The hero of my life, and that is Jesus Christ. And one of the things I love about Christ, too, is His willingness to leave glory, to leave heaven, and to come to earth to do for us what we could never in a million lifetimes do for ourselves. I love that about Jesus. I love it because I can't deal with the real issue in my life, the issue of sin, but Jesus came to deal with that for me. Listen to me. The greatest disasters in life have nothing to do with burning buildings. They have nothing to do with crashing airplanes. Those things are tragic, don't get me wrong. But those aren't the greatest problems. The greatest problem is not even heartache or broken relationships. The, the greatest problem is the problem of sin because it's sin that separates us from our Creator. And I love it because Matthew says, and Matthew 1.21 says that Jesus came to save people from their sins. He didn't come just to help me physically. He didn't come just to help my marriage or just to help me preach. He came to deal with the core problem. He has dealt with sin. Are you with me? And so we thank Him that He has done this and and, and, and through His death and burial and resurrection, you and I have life today if we trust in Him as our Savior. And as I read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in your Bible, it, it, it amazes me how often Jesus 
like we see Superman portrayed, just stops when he's busy, when he's on his way somewhere, and he just takes time for normal, everyday people. I think about the woman at the well. Her, she'd been married five times and she's shacking up with somebody now. And Jesus goes out of his way to go through Samaria for one lady. I love that story. I love the story that we talked about last week when uh, after John the Baptist had died, Jesus went away. And, and he went to a desolate place because he was saddened by the death of John the Baptist. But he couldn't get alone because the multitudes loved Jesus and they followed Jesus to where he was. And he didn't turn them away. What did he do? He fed them 5,000 men plus women and children. I think about the woman with the issue of blood, sick for 12 years, spent all she had on every doctor. And as Jesus got out of the boat, the Bible says that the multitudes thronged Jesus. In other words, they were pressing in around Him. But one lady, with every bit of strength she could muster up, just began to, 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 to crawl to Him and, and just touch the hem of His garment. And He took time. He turned around and He said, Who is it who touched me? And He commended her for her faith and she was made well. I think about in that same story, Jairus' daughter. Jesus goes with Jairus to heal his daughter. And you can go through the Gospels and you can see story after story after story. And here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that He's still a compassionate God. I'm thankful that He still heals, that He still saves, that He still delivers, and He still transforms lives. And one of my favorite cases is found in our text today. Mark chapter 10, 46-52. One of my favorite stories where Jesus, with a lot on His mind, he's, he's got a lot on His plate, making His way to Jerusalem, and yet He stops for this, this man who everybody else just passed by. So if you would stand with me for a moment for the reading of the Word. So here's what's going on here. Jesus leaving Capernaum Making his way through Jericho he is now on the journey's final leg. And here's what he's doing. He's preparing for his famous triumphal entry. This is what we celebrate on Palm Sunday. And then following that, he knows he's going to be crucified, arrested, beaten, mocked, crucified ultimately. So I want you to think, he has this on his mind. Alright? He has this on his mind. He, he feels the pressure. He feels the anxiety of what it is to feel death lurking at the door. And he's on his way to Jerusalem. And, and here's where we pick up. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. The Bible says they came to Jericho. And as he, Jesus, was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man and saying to him, said to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, 
He sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus said to him, or the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Father, today we thank you for taking time. We thank you you're not bound by time. We thank you that in the midst of running the world and the universe, that Father, you're not too busy to care about our needs, to minister to those needs. And if there's one here today that's hurting, that's frustrated with life, God, infuse them with new life today. Let them see that you care for them no matter what they've done, no matter where they've been. They can know for once what it is to have lasting peace, transformation, hope, and a new life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, I love that through all those examples I gave you and many more that Jesus absolutely changes lives. I mean, that's my testimony. I won't get into the details, but... But Christ has changed my life. There are other reasons to believe in Christ. We look at creation. We look at... There are many other reasons. Our, our faith hinges on the resurrection of Christ. But one of the reasons that I know, that I know that I know that He's real, as, as real as you are sitting there, is because of the change that's happened in my heart. The way that the Lord speaks to me, moves through me, it's incredible. And so I, I'm thankful for that personal experience with Jesus Christ. And so I want every one of you, if you haven't experienced this, this is the heart behind everything we do. We want you to experience transformation by Jesus Christ. And you may say, well, pastor, what's wrong with me now? I'm not going to go there. All right. I, I, listen, life is better with Jesus. Yes, he's the only way to heaven. He is the way, the truth and the light. But listen, it's more than that. He's the only way to live this life. You want to find your purpose? You want to walk with peace and hope? You have got to walk with Jesus. There's no other path. The world will give you temporary peace. The world will give you temporary praise. The world will give you temporary satisfaction. But Jesus is the only one who will provide lasting satisfaction, lasting hope. Through the darkest of times, through the lowest of valleys, listen, He will provide lasting satisfaction, hope, and peace, and joy. Like we sang earlier, I praise Him for the mountain, but I also praise Him in the valley, even for the valley. I praise Him for everything He's brought me through. Because with Jesus, even in the valley, there's hope. There's joy unspeakable. And so I want to give you out of this text, and, and, and don't gasp when I, when I say this first part, but I have seven points. They're going to be really quick. You're like, man, I thought preachers only supposed to have three points. Yeah, so you'll be out of here by three o'clock, I promise you. Uh, listen, I'm going to go through these very, very quickly. But seven principles for experiencing transformation through Jesus Christ. Number one, you might want to write this down. If you're going to experience life transformation, you've got to recognize who Jesus is. 
You've got to recognize who he is. In that first verse, Bartimaeus cries out and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now Bartimaeus in this statement, this is a profound statement, he is recognizing two things. Are you with me? He's recognizing Christ's compassion and also his capability. Actually, let's start with capability. He says here, son of David. He calls Jesus the son of David. And in this, he identifies Jesus as the promised Messiah. He knows that he is the Christ, understanding that he came through the royal line of David. And he is affirming here Jesus' power and Jesus' authority. How many know we serve a powerful God? And see, if we're going to experience lasting transformation, you've got to know what Jesus is capable of. Because we do not serve a weak, incapable God. We serve an almighty, powerful, infinitely powerful God. Amen? And so you may say, well, Pastor, He might be able to change your life. But you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the dirt in my life. And I just dare somebody to try Him. Because your problems are no match for Jesus. Your situation is no match for Jesus. He's capable. But see, some people understand His capability, but they get hung up because they don't understand His compassion. They know God can, but they don't believe He will. But I want you to to know that not only do we serve an awesome God, powerful God, we serve a willing God. Can I get a witness this morning? We serve a willing God who has compassion on people. And we see this in this story. Bartimaeus, this blind beggar, calls out, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's what he wanted. He wanted mercy. Anybody just needs some mercy this morning. In that statement, he is recognizing that Jesus is the one capable of giving mercy. Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. So if you are going to have transformation in your life, you've got to have an understanding of who Jesus is and what He's capable of. And I just want to encourage you today, if you came in here, you're not here by accident today. You you may think you're here for a cookout or for a prize. You're here for Jesus because this is a divine appointment Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life. Number two, if you want to experience lasting transformation, you've got to care more about transformation than you do about reputation. I love this because Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus and he was not just asked nicely, but he was rebuked. They said, Bartimaeus, leave him alone. And maybe you've been to churches before where some people have said to you, leave him alone. What are you doing here? Listen, this is not for people like you. And so there's some people that had that attitude towards Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, leave him alone. He's busy. He's on his way to Jerusalem. But I love this. The Bible says that Bartimaeus cried out all the more. He kept crying out. He refused. He didn't care what people thought about him. He wasn't leaving that spot. He wasn't letting Jesus pass by without getting a touch from the Lord. 
And if you want a touch from the Lord today, if you want transformation in your life, you have got to care more about transformation than you do about reputation. I had somebody just this last week say to me, uh, thinking about, you know, just yielding themselves to the Lord. And he says to me, well, I don't know what people are going to think. Let me tell you, who cares what people think? I'm much more concerned with what God thinks about me than I am what man thinks about me. So I dare somebody to run after Jesus with all that you have and don't care who's watching. I love it. Sometimes on altar calls, people just stand around and, and nobody's moving. But I can see somebody almost every week that, that just wants a touch from the Lord. And I love it when somebody boldly steps out of the aisle and says, I just want Jesus today. And I don't care if it's the first time here, my first time here. I don't care, you know, what people are going to think who are with me. And that they're going to make up all kinds of stories anyways. It doesn't matter. I, I'm coming to the altar because I want Jesus. Alright? So, so I, I want you to experience transformation. And if you're going to experience that, you can't care about your reputation. Because people are going to talk. Alright? I'd I, I sing some Taylor Swift for you if I could this morning. Hey, there's going to... Is that Taylor Swift? Alright, just making sure. That'll wake you up. Amen? I'll get an amen for some Taylor Swift if I won't get it from the Bible, right? Number three... If you're going to experience lasting transformation, you've got to realize that Jesus is not too busy for you. You know, it's interesting that, that we think of, of God being bound by time. Like, I hear people say things like, I hope He can take time from my situation. God transcends time. You understand that. He, he is not bound by time, nor is He bound by space. That's why He is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at one time. He's present with us today. Why? Because He's not bound by space or time. And so God can be worrying, or not worrying, but, but, but structuring the universe and His sovereign wills being done throughout the entire universe. And yet God can care about your surgery that you might be having this week. He, he can care about your marriage and, and take time and minister to your marriage. He can take time and, 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 and minister to your financial situation. Whatever it might be, God is not bound by time. Thus, He has time for you. And I love this because it took a lot of faith. I mean, Jesus is it's kind of a busy day for Him. I mean, this is a glorious triumphal entry. Okay? This is coming upon Passover. And, and Jesus has an agenda but he's never too busy even to stop for a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And he's not too busy for you. You know, I'm amazed that when I've been at my lowest points in life and I feel the Lord as we sang today, wrapping his arms, and I say this metaphorically, but wrapping his arms around me, I feel his presence, I feel his concern. And that's amazing to me because he has a lot to do. Amen. But we need to remember that He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And He can speak into our lives. He can speak into my life while He's speaking into your life. I don't have to wait my turn. Amen. If God wants to bless me, He can do it right now while He's blessing you as well. It's awesome. Number four. Transformation requires surrender. It requires sur surrender. Verse 
50 talks about him throwing off his cloak. And according to Zondervan's illustrated Bible background commentary, the cloak was placed before the beggar. He would take his cloak and he would put it out to receive alms. So everything that people would give would be placed on that cloak. And it may be the beggar's only worldly possession. And Bartimaeus abandons it to get to Jesus. Think about that. He's blind. Nobody's watching his stuff. And he leaves that cloak because he so wants Jesus. And I want you to know today, if you're going to experience transformation, you've got to be willing to lay some things down. Now, don't misunderstand me. You don't clean yourself up. People say to me all the time, well, Pastor, I'm going to try to get my life right and then I'm going to come to Jesus. No. That's a bad idea. You know why? Because if you could clean your life up, you would have already done it. None of us can. You come to Him as you are. I brought, I picked people up high as a kite, drunk. I, I, I brought them in just like they are and that doesn't bother me. You come to Him as you are. He doesn't want you to stay as you are. But He wants you to come to Him as you are. Broken, hurting, shattered. Come to Him just as you are. Don't try to put the pieces back together first. Come to Him broken. Because He's the only one who can put you back together again. Are you with me? This man, he's surrendered everything. Now, it's interesting. And if you back up in Mark chapter 10, I don't have time to read this today. But if you back up just a little bit, there's another story with a different outcome. There was a rich man. It's chapter 10 in Mark. Who came to Jesus and said, Lord, I want to be saved. I... He wanted Jesus to be Savior. The problem is he didn't want Jesus to be Lord. And Jesus said, oh, let me tell you what you do. He said, go and sell everything you have and, and give the money to the poor and then come and follow me. And the Bible says this, the man went away sad, disheartened. Think about that. Here's a man that he wanted, he had everything you know, that he could possibly want and he wanted to hold on to it. And he went away sad. Here's Bartimaeus, has very little Everything he owned was possibly on that cloak. And he abandoned it. And he said, I just want Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. And he went away thrilled. So there may be some things in your life that you have to lay down. There's some surrender that has to take place. Listen, everybody wants Jesus to be Savior. Amen? We all want to go to heaven. Every sane person wants to go to heaven. But he can't be Savior if he's not Lord. He's got to be Lord and Savior of your life. You come to Him as you are and you submit to Him. You yield yourself to Him. That's what it means to repent. I turn from my way of thinking, from my life, and I submit myself wholeheartedly to God. And let me give you the really good news about this. Because people are, are so concerned about what, what am I going to have to give up. What Jesus has for you is so much better than what the world has for you. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but it bites a lot harder than it blesses. It'll take you further than you ever wanted to go. I was talking to somebody this week and I just said, listen, I don't have to worry. I don't have to always look over my shoulder wondering who's going to kill me. I don't have to worry in, in the morning if there's an unwanted pregnancy or I don't have to worry about some disease that, because I had a one night stand last night. Living for Jesus isn't all that bad, I promise you. His aim is not to take your, your, your fun away. Alright? 
His aim is not to take your fun away, but it's to infuse you with life. His life is so much better. I wish somebody would help me because the devil is a liar. I know that you think your sin is beautiful. You, you think that thing that you're holding on to is wonderful. But in the end, if it hasn't already, it will hurt. It will destroy you. But Jesus has come that we cannot be bound by those things anymore. That we can know what it is to have freedom in Him. And joy and peace. Amen? And no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, I want you to know that that change is for you. Yes. Number five, it's available to you. Transformation requires obedience. Jesus calls him. Bartimaeus, the, the, the Bible says he rose and came to Jesus. That's really simple, isn't it? Jesus calls him. He rose. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, why don't you come here? I don't want to leave my stuff. Jesus, you come to me. It's been a long day. Alright? He doesn't say that. The Bible just says simply, Jesus called him and he gets up and he goes to Jesus. Now this took trust, didn't it? As we talked about, to leave that spot. Just obey. What if this was a trap? What if this was a trap? What if, what if somebody's just messing with me? Because they've been rebuking Bartimaeus. What if this is a joke? What if Jesus is really not calling him? What if this is a trick? He's blind. He doesn't know. But oh, he just trusted that Jesus was really calling. And he just obeyed. And I want to ask you, what is it that Jesus has asked you to do? What step of faith has he asked you to take? It's important. That you obey. It might be this morning, and, and there's nothing special, by the way, about the altar, but it might be just taking that step this morning and, and you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart and says, come down for prayer. It might be in your seat getting down on your knees and, and, and crying out to Jesus. It might be seeking reconciliation in some broken relationship. I don't, I don't know what it is. It might be laying something down today. It might be an addiction. It might be something that you've got to lay down. But I, I want you to know if you're going to experience transformation, it does require obedience. I, I love the words to that hymn we used to sing. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Some Christians are miserable because they're not obeying. They're not walking in obedience to the Lord. Okay, so we've, we've got to obey the Lord. Number six, I told you I was going to move quickly. You've got to ask and believe God for great things. You've got to ask and believe God for great things if you want transformation. Bartimaeus could have asked for food, money, but instead he wants real transformation. I think it's interesting that um, Jesus... Uh, Ask him this question. Here's a blind man sitting on the road, and Jesus says, What do you want? Maybe to see. I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of smart aleck as most of us are. We probably would have smarted off there, huh? It would not be good. You don't smart off to Jesus, right? And he says, Oh, to receive my sight. And I love it. People had walked by, they'd given Bartimaeus money and, and, and food, bread, water, whatever it might be. But this day, he got something much more powerful, much greater, much more satisfying. He got his sight back. He experienced transformation. There was a um, young boy 
in my last church, he was probably at this time four years old. Had been abandoned by his mother, didn't want him. Rather than buying food for him, she would buy drugs and alcohol. She just cast him by the wayside. But somehow this boy was turned out to be the sweetest young man. They called him Tank. Tank's my buddy. Tank was an awesome young man and he had this loving couple in our church, Stephanie. Was his mom's name and she came and she just embraced him. She and her husband, they, they just embraced this young man. They took him in and he went from having nothing to being very, very well off. And so Christmas rolls around and he's so happy to be in this home and be with loving parents. And Stephanie and Rudy come to him and they said, Tank, listen, what do you want for Christmas this year? What do you want for Christmas? And he could have asked for anything. He probably could have said, listen, I'll be 16 in about 10, 11 years. Go ahead and get me a car. He probably would have had it. And you know what he said? He said, I want a lunchbox. I want a lunchbox. He was used to having so little that just a little lunchbox. He couldn't imagine like that was a big thing to him. A lunchbox. I want to be like the other kids at school. I just, just want a lunchbox. And she said, baby, we'll get you a lunchbox. But do you want like a PlayStation to go with that? Or... And so he was like, come on, you know. Um, he had a good Christmas that year. And I love that story because it, it, it makes me think of how we approach God. God wants to totally transform us and we're asking for lunchboxes. Lord, will you just help me through this day? Yeah, we should pray, Lord, help me through this day. Give me this day my daily bread. But listen. He wants to transform your life. He wants to totally change your situation. I dare you to embrace that today. If you want transformation, you've got to ask God. You say, well, He knows what I need. Yes, He does. Do you like it when your children ask you for things? I do, within reason. Till they go, Dad, can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I? Come on, Dad, can I have it? I mean, I'll just get a little frustrated in Walmart sometimes, right? Every, can I have this? Can I have this? But God likes it when we ask Him. You know why? Because it shows dependency. I love it when my children, I have a 17-year-old and I have a 14-year-old. And I love it when they ask me things because they don't need my help much anymore. And they come to me and say, Dad, could you help me do this? It delights my heart because it shows that hey, I'm still their dad. They still have a need for me. Any parents of teenagers feel like sometimes they don't need me anymore? If you're in that boat, listen, it feels good when they ask you for help. God loves it when we ask Him for help. He said in James, and James said this, He said in the Bible, you receive not because you ask not. So I dare you to ask God for more than a lunchbox today. For more than a Nerf gun or a, or a basketball hoop. We want these kids from BBS. We, we, we don't just, yeah, I wish I could give every one of them a, a hoop this morning. We can't. But what I want more than that, I, I, I want them to have Jesus. I want them to grow up knowing their Savior. Knowing that there's a God in heaven who loves them. Finally, verse 52. If you want lasting transformation, you've got to be willing to follow Jesus. Verse 52, Jesus said to him, go your way. 
Your faith has made you well. Watch this. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed Jesus on the way. So many people, they want a blessing, but they have no interest in following Jesus. The Lord heals their body and they're out doing what they did before. He gets them out of a situation and they go back to doing what they did before. If you want lasting transformation, not just a little blessing for today, but something that will last for eternity, listen, you've got to be willing to follow Him. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at myrealchurch.org.